uh, y'all have picked a great day uh, to be in the house of the Lord. I'm really excited to kick off this this new uh, message, this new uh, sermon series. And I say that, I feel like I say that every week that I'm really excited because I am, but uh, I really am excited. I believe that this is a very timely uh, word and message, and I believe it's really going to carry us. I believe it's a prophetic message, uh, but I also believe it's going to carry us to the end of the year, really to the to the election season. Do y'all know there's an election coming up? Uh, every election is the most important election, right? But I feel like this election is very important uh, for not just our nation, but for your kids, uh, your grandkids, uh, and their kids, and the generations coming up. Because, you know, there's an agenda against our lives, against your life for freedom, the gospel, uh, and being able to stand in truth. And so... I'm really excited uh, to bring this message. And so this is the message is, is give us this mountain. Let's say that together. Give us this mountain. And that's really, um, that comes from a scripture that we're going to look at uh, in the word of God. But it's really a, it's a, it's a, a play on word and it's really a prophetic. And so give us this mountain. That mountain, you could guess, is, is our nation. Uh, and there, we're going to look at seven other specific mountains this morning that I'm excited uh, to give you. Uh, but it, it, it's really going to really set the tone for the next 21 days. Um, and so today we're beginning this new series, okay? Uh, but next Sunday, we're going to begin our 21 days of, of prayer and fasting. Did anybody even know we were doing that? Did you just find that out today? <laughs> oh, good. Praise God. So we've been, we've been uh, showering that, that message to you. Uh, so normally at Liberty Church, you know, we've never fasted twice in one year. We always do at the beginning of the year. So this is new ground for us. And really, because of what's going on and how this year has, has been so far, does anybody feel like you've been in a whirlwind since 2020? Is this really real? A lot has gone on. So we are going to fast again for another 21 days. 21 days. And this message is going to totally tie in to what we're praying and fasting about. But I want to ask you, so you got till ne to next week, right? From now to Sunday to, to ask God, pray, think, at, what are you going to fast from? Okay? You got to fast from something. Uh, and what are you going to be praying and believing for? You know, fasting, just abstaining is no good. you gotta, you got to have something that you're praying and believing for as you abstain. Amen. So, so do that this week. Figure out what it's going to be. And then define that thing and then stick with it, right? That's what we always say. Stick with it even when it gets tough. Man, when you sacrifice your flesh for the goodness of God, amazing things happen. Right? And so really, though, this, this specific fast, we are going to be corporately... Holly Pond and Arab are going to be standing in the gap, praying over these seven mountains of influence that I'm, that I'm going to give you today, amen? So do that this week. Um, and so this series really is going to be about reclaiming our nation. Go ahead and, and put up that first scripture, uh, Brittany, that this foundational scripture where we get uh, the title of our message, Give Us Back This Mountain From. And so this is, this is going to be uh, so crucial, I believe, because you know what, uh, I, I stay informed, I stay connected with, the, with, with what's going on in the news, and sometimes, man, I feel like I'm the only one praying and believing. I, I know that I'm not, but I feel that way. Does anybody, has anybody ever done anything? I feel like I'm the only one who's really praying, prophesying, declaring uh, what God says, uh, and so I, I, I really feel like we can get some, some extra motivation, energy, something supernatural can happen when we see when we all are in this together together for the church, not just Liberty Church, 
But the church, that's defined in the word of God, right? The, all the members of the body of Christ. So that real things can happen and change and take place. Amen? So let's read it. It comes out of Joshua 14, uh, 6 through 13. Some of y'all have maybe never even read this or heard it. You may have skimmed through it. Uh, and so, but this is where we really are going to get the theme of our message from. So we find, uh, we find Caleb uh, and Joshua here. Verse 6, it says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua uh, in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephuah, the Canaanite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh, Barana. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of God, sent me from Kadesh, Barana, to spy out the land. He was one of the two spies, okay, that came back. You remember Moses sent, sent 12 spies, one from each tribe, and they all came back with negativity and, and fear, right? But two spies had a good word. Caleb was one of the ones that had a good word. Verse 8, or I'm sorry, verse 7. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barana to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt when I wholly followed the Lord my God. Verse 9, so Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden, the land that you, you were in, shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, and he has said this 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. So that word that was spoken was 45 years ago to Caleb, and now he is 85 years old, and the word is coming to pass. Verse 11, as yet I am a strong, I, excuse me, and yet I am as strong this day as on that day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, and so now is my strength for war, both for going out and coming in. Now therefore, here it is, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. If you're reading in your Bible, go ahead, underline that, highlight that. That is the promise of God for your life that we are going to be using for this message. He says, now therefore, give me this mountain for which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the uh, Anakim of which the Lord were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him, and there it is, gave Hebron, the mountain, to Caleb, the son of Japheah, as an inheritance. Somebody say inheritance. As an inheritance. So we find Caleb and Joshua, the two spies, that came back and gave Moses the good word. Moses said that this, the land that you, you were in today, the promised land, will be yours. So Caleb had a promise from God. Do you know all you need is a word from heaven? All you need is a promise from God. Caleb had that promise, but what happened? That promise never came to be, never came to pass until 45 years later. But he held on, right? He held on to that promise. So I know some of y'all are thinking, you know what, man, maybe our nation is too far gone. Maybe our nation is too 
corrupt. You know what? The media, they just have a stranglehold on information and, and the hearts of people. And, and you know what? It's just, maybe there's just too far gone. Maybe, maybe this is our judgment for all the sins of the nation. Maybe so. But you know what? I have a promise from God. Do you believe that the United States is an anointed, appointed nation? Is a favored nation? If you believe that, then amazing things can happen. Then you can really believe and pray and prophesy and declare and, and see the promise come to pass in your life. It's really kind of cool how we just came off of small faith, right? That whole message, I hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, we were talking about moving mountains, right? And, and we don't need more faith. We, the faith of a mustard seed, right, is all Jesus said that we need, the power to move mountains. And now we're transitioning from, from, from moving and casting away mountains from, to reclaiming the mountain for his glory. And so that, that's what this is was all about. So Caleb had a promise. You need a promise from God in your life. And you know what? This thing here is full of them. If you need a promise, if you need a word, you need to open up your Bible. Because you know what? If you don't know any promises for your life, it's not because he didn't say them. It's because we're not, we're not doing our due diligence. We're not, we're not doing our part. So I challenge you, get in this book. Be in this book more than you're on Facebook. <laughs> Be in this book more than you're watching Fox News or, or CNN or whatever else you're doing. Because if you watch that stuff, you won't hear a promise anywhere. You'll hear fear, curse. You'll feel more discouraged. You'll feel more hate. You'll feel worse off than you were. And that's why we need this. So we got to read it to know them. And so there is a promise of God for all those who believe. Somebody say believe. And in order to reclaim our nation, we must believe, we must pray, and we must declare the promises of God. So that's going to be our declaration. That's going to be our promise that we, we pluck from that scripture. God, give us this mountain. This mountain that is the United States. Amen. But give this nation back, God. We, we surrender it and take it back for your good. Let's look at that next point. So uh, not only are we really focusing on just, on just one mountain. Uh, we are going to be borrowing some of this material. Uh, this next point really comes, well, it doesn't just really, it does come, uh, from a pastor named Bill Bright, okay, and another pastor, uh, Lauren Cunningham. They came together, it was actually back in 1975, uh, and they were both pastor and doing different things, but they came together and met, and they actually had the same vision, the same revelation from God, that they both came up with these exact same seven mountains of influence, they called them, and you can check them out if you want. I believe they wrote a book. They co-authored a book titled uh, just that, the, the Seven Mountains of Influence. And so if we want to take our nation back, if we want to reclaim uh, land that's been killed, stolen, and destroyed uh, from us, and ground that's in the enemy's hands, so to speak, this is how we're going to do it, through these seven avenues, through these seven key Mountains of influence that we're calling them. So this is what they are. So the seven mountains of influence are religion, family, education, government, media, and arts, and entertainment, and business. Whoever controls these mountains controls the world. Does anybody believe that? If you control those seven mountains, you control the world. If you control a couple of them, you control one of them, you control 
Ah, the world. Religion, family, education, government. I feel like some of y'all might see those and think, you know, one's greater than the other. They're all pretty, pretty equal in value. Uh, you know, media is, is great, uh, but it's not all that. You know, they, they, hold, they hold a lot in their hands. And, and so just because, you know, maybe far, far uh, left, uh, liberal thinking uh, type people may, may have a, a hold on that area, it doesn't mean uh, that God can't reclaim that mountain for his glory. Praise God, we do have somebody like Fox News who is doing real reporting. Uh, and I try and listen to both sides of the argument. Uh, and there's no telling how long that they're going to be that way. Uh, if they get rid of them, then we really don't have a voice. <laughs> and so, so, but, so how do we, uh, we reclaim these, 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 these mountains? First off, you have to believe that God has a promise, that he's bigger, that he can, that maybe it can get better before it gets worse. I know we've been through a lot in the last seven months. Uh, but maybe it's all just to set us up for something big. A moment for the church to really shine. And y'all, we can't fight the way that they fight. Because they fight dirty. And they're actually waiting for you to fight dirty, fight their way so they can point the finger, right? Oh, you believe in Jesus? That's why we got to get rid of the church. Because you're fake, you're a hypocrite. You don't practice what you say. And then when you stand up for truth and say what you believe, what do they do? Then they say you're a, a racist or, or, or homophobic or because you're standing on what you believe. Either way, you lose. So I want to challenge you. Don't compromise the truth of God, the word of God. And, and, and you know what? Here's the good news. If we all stand together in truth, it's a lot harder for them to divide us. But if you're the only one shouting and standing for truth, it's going to be tough. And so that's why we have to reclaim these, these mountains together as the church. Amen. So starting today, I want us to focus on these seven mountains and ask God, how can we, how can I make an impact of God, for God, in one of these areas? You are called to a level of influence in at least one of these mountains. I know some of y'all are saying, I'm not called to government. I'm not called to the media. I'm not called to, 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 to open a business, a Christian-owned business. You know what? But do, I think everyone has a family in here. As I read this and was studying and praying, I really felt like family and religion just jumped out in my spirit. I feel like that's what God made my responsibility. Obviously because I'm a pastor and I have a cool a level of influence, a cool stage, right, where I get to bring a message, a message of gospel, a good news every Sunday. And so I'm accountable and have a responsibility uh, and a mouthpiece to be able to bring about change, right? And I have a family, and I really feel like that jumped out because obviously we just had an addition, right? A new baby boy. Uh, and as soon as nothing, there's nothing like as soon as you hold him for the first time, your life changes. Any parents? I know you know what I'm talking about. I didn't know what you were talking about three weeks ago, but now I know what you were talking about all them years. Like all the things that seem so important, yeah, they're important, but they just don't seem as important anymore. He comes first, right? Here's the good news. You know, we serve a God who we call Father, right? And you're his children. All that stuff that seems so important to God is not as important as you. 
And so if, if we see that, recognize that, we know that amazing things can happen. So I want you to ask him, which one do you want me to focus on, God? Which one do I have a level of influence that I can bring about change uh, and bring your kingdom to earth to help reclaim one of these mountains? Amen. And so next week, take a little rabbit trail. I'm really excited for next Sunday. We're going to be doing something we've never done at Liberty Church. It's going to be different. Uh, it's going to be something new. And so we're doing it for both services. Uh, we're going to be kicking off our fast next week, right? So not only are we kicking off our fast, we're going to have a, a communion service. But mainly, the service is going to be a prayer and worship. And you're going to kick off your fast. We're going to do communion, kick off our fast. Uh, and you can just worship and pray. We are actually going to, we're calling them the four corners. So I'm going to have leaders in each corner. We're going to have signs. Each leader will be responsible for a certain type of prayer. We'll have a prophetic corner. We'll have a restoration corner, a healing corner. And we will also have a, a refilling of the Holy Spirit, a refreshing corner. And so we're going to have that going on if you need prayer for something. But mainly what I want us to do as we kick it off next week, that we would stand in the gap for these seven mountains as well. And so you're not going to want to miss next week. Come. You can double dip if you want. If you just love worship and love prayer, it's going to be for you. And I believe that's how we make a shift. Or that's how a spiritual shift happens. See, when Ian just prays in his truck as he's killing bugs uh, every day, Monday through Friday, and, and, and uh, cursing the ants and cursing them brown recluse spiders, uh, I'm praying for my nation and praying for our church and praying for you. Uh, and, and for the next 21 days, I feel like God's going to show us that we're not in this alone. You don't have to feel alone. Uh, we can reclaim these things together. Amen in Jesus' name. So let's look at the next point. So if you, if you really uh, dissect this out, if you study it out, uh, there's really only two ways that we are going to be able to reclaim these, these seven mountains that we're calling them, these seven mountains of influence. Uh, and it's going to take, really, perseverance. It's going to take uh, hard work. It's going to take patience. You know what? And, and it, it's going to take the blessing and the power of God. And so remind yourself, it's, it's you doing it by yourself is not going to be good enough, but he can do it through you. When you remember that he's doing it through you, it becomes, the burden becomes so much more light, right? Jesus said, my burden is light. My yoke is, is, is light and easy to bear. So I just say that before I share this uh, point. So the first way is to ascend in the mountain. Y'all, the first thing you got to do is you got to get in the game. You got to do something about it. You got to begin to climb these mountains. You have to get in the game. You have to ascend to the mountain. This happens personally, right? We have to be invested. Physically, spiritually, we have to be invested. The higher someone ascends the mountain, the more influence. Somebody say influence. They have upon that mountain. This is why there is no such thing as sacred or secular work for the Christian. If you're born again, everything is sacred, significant, and spiritual. Right? So if we really believe uh, in, in Jesus, if he really transformed your life, right, that means like you can't, you can't go and, and sin and feel good about it. You can't, you can't go to work and... Uh, you know, cut corners and, uh, you know, and feel good about it. 
And so that's what the second part of that statement is saying. You know, if you're born again, if you're a born again believer, there, there's nothing really secular anymore. Everything is sacred, right? If we believe in a heaven, <laughs> that means something's changed. That, that means like the, every second we have here is precious uh, because it changes, it, it changes the game. So, but the way to, to reclaim these mountains is simply we have, to, we have to get in the game. We have to get some skin in the game. We've got to begin to climb these mountains. We have to be personally and spiritually invested in cultivating change as we tackle these mountains for his glory. And I want you to know that everyone in here is called to at least one of these mountains. And as you begin to climb these mountains by faith to begin to pray uh, and ask God uh, to help you in, in your faith. And as you're, as you're climbing, as you, are, as you are fighting for righteousness, standing for truth in your family, uh, at work, uh, if you have a government job, uh, if you're on social media, uh, you, you have the power to, to, to stand and fight for righteousness. As you begin to ascend to the top, the level of your influence will begin to grow. Because you know what I know? If you see somebody who is actually living out their faith in joy, in peace, somebody who is, have you ever been around a believer that you just love to be around? Aunt Teresa, you're one of the people I'm thinking of, not just because you're sitting in the front row. Isn't she just a joy to be around all the time? Right? It's because she loves the Lord. See, but she has the ability to, she changes the atmosphere that she's in. And so you as a believer have the power to do that same Thing and but when you're that person, when you're the one ascending to the top, people see that, people recognize that, and guess what? They want to be a part of that. So I have to climb to the top to reclaim the, the mountain, but when I do it God's way, I inspire others to do it with me so I don't have to do it alone. Does that make sense? Because you know what? Sometimes it gets tough, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I don't have the energy to get to the next level. But if you're not by yourself, they can encourage you. People can cheer you on and spur you on, right? And that's what we're called to do, to help tackle these mountains together for his glory. And if we truly believe that these mountains are holy, I believe these are holy ground, all seven of them, levels of influence, really holy ground, holy mountains, if we believe that they're the Lord's, you know what's cool? There are seven of them, right? Both people had the same vision. Seven is a holy number. It's a number of completeness, right? We have seven days, if you study that. So this is really the complete. We have seven pillars here at Liberty Church. is our foundation for our church. And so if we truly believe that they're sacred and holy, then nothing should stop us to continue to stand and fight to take them back, or to even hold on to them and keep them. We, ha we have a good hold on some of them. Some of them, you know, are getting worse. But So we, if we really believe it, then nothing should stop us. We have to fight to preserve righteousness. Do you all believe that this nation is, is, is favored, that God can work through us? If you do, then, then we, we must scale these seven mountains together. We have to scale these seven mountains together. It's the only way. Uh, and really, for the next 21 days, that's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, and even after that 21 days, what's going to happen? That election, uh, 
And November 3rd is even that much closer, right? I believe that work of God that's going to happen, if you really chase him, if you go all in on these 21 days, is going to be what sustains you. Because generally, I've been living a while, as the election gets closer, what has a tendency to happen? The chaos begin, begins to actually ratchet up. Uh, and people, things begin to come out, right? Oh, uh, they got, there's new accusations or... They use this, uh, sexual allegations all the time. seems to be like their number one trick in the bag. But I have a, a, a sneaky suspicion that this one's going to be unlike any other. So this is what's going to sustain us as we scale these mountains together. As we're doing it together, you know what happened? A natural motivation begins to happen. And we begin to feed off each other's energy, belief, faith, uh, and motivation. And in order to show me, it's really our motivation that be, it helps move us, right? If you don't have any motivation, you can't move forward. So to scale these mountains, we need each other to help uh, motivate us. And, and if you're struggling in motivation, you need to get disconnected and get plugged into the Word of God uh, because the only way to, to, to help you stay filled up and motivated is to be uh, connected and rooted in the love of God. And everything that we do has to be motivated by love. John 3.16, what does it say? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his best. He gave his best for you and for me. Everything that God did was motivated by love. And so we can't fight the way that they fight. They fight dirty. We can't fight that way. Everything that we do as we ascend and climb these mountains has to be done and rooted in love. And if you do it in love, we can't lose. Love always prevails. Right? Isn't that what Paul said? Love always prevails. Amen? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 10.31. It says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all, somebody say all, to the glory of God. So everything that we do, everything that we're praying, everything that we're believing, as we're uh, prophesying, declaring, uh, as we're climbing together, we have to do it, like I said, in love, but we have to do it uh, for the glory of God, right? Because we do it because he first loved us. So then when I have that revelation that he loves me that much, it, it motivates me to want to do and live life the way that he calls me to live now, right? Because I see value in other people. Colossians 3.17, it says, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative for the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him the, uh, to God uh, the Father. And so this is where we have to be careful. Everything that we do and say, if you believe in Jesus and you've told anybody that you're a Christian, you have to know that you just put a bullseye on your back. Because everything that you do is done as a representative, somebody say representative, representative. for Christ. An ambassador for Christ, Paul even says in, in uh, Philippians. To represent the king of kings, we have to uh, walk, talk, and act like a king on earth. We have to love others. And see, sometimes I really struggle to love people like Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> sometimes I really struggle to love people like Chuck Schumer. But God calls me to love them. And sometimes when I really am struggling, and y'all, I really struggle. Can I be honest in front of y'all? I remember who I used to be. 
Y'all, I used to make fun of Christians, tease Christians, uh, make fun of the church. Y'all know I, I struggled with alcohol and addiction. Uh, I've shared many times I, I always thought abortion was, was a good thing. And I've shared, you know, how did God change my mind? He, he, he had to change my heart first, right? And so these folks, they need a heart change. And so I still have to love them. Jesus said, love your enemies. Woo, is that a challenge? <laughs> but guess what? When I don't have to do it alone, if y'all love them with me and begin to, to, to pray the love of God, you know what? No one's too far gone. Y'all know God used Paul, who was Saul, who was literally killing and crucifying, persecuting Christians. Literally, that's what he was doing. He, 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 was, he hated Christians, and he was killing them, burning them, hanging them, whatever he was doing. What happened? In a moment, he went from thinking that way to becoming the, the mouthpiece, the vocal piece for the Christian movement. He literally went from being a stubborn left liberal in a moment to being a conservative Republican. Is that not what happened? He, went, he was going the exact opposite way, and in one moment, God knocks him off his high horse, blinds him. He is now going the exact opposite way in which he was believing. So I know if my God could do that for Paul and for Ian, why can't he do it for them? He needs to do it for them. He's got to do it for them in order for this nation to experience breakthrough. Amen? That next point... <laughs> So the first way is you got to get off the sidelines. you got to begin to climb with us. So climb with us. You don't have to do it alone. We have to ascend to the top together. The second way to take back the mountain, take back these mountains, is we have to create. Somebody say create. A climate and a spiritual atmosphere. This that is conducive for the kingdom of God to advance. Uh, and that happens through righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Spirit. The climate determines the crops and culture of the mountain. So every mountain has a climate and an atmosphere. Think about a real mountain. Think about like, uh, you know, the, the Gatlinburg, the, the, real, the mountains on Tennessee. They have a, a physical environment, right? A physical atmosphere and climate. Now, they are way different than the mountains like the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. And so spiritually, let's make a spiritual shift and, and think. Spiritually, each one of these mountains, business, family, religion, government, uh, arts and media, they all have a climate and an atmosphere. And out of that climate and atmosphere is what produces the types of crops that will yield within that mountain, right? Because a different atmosphere and different climate produce different crops, Alabama grows all sorts of different stuff than Michigan does, where I'm from. In Michigan, like you see a lot of apple orchards, a lot of cornfields. There's still corn down here, but it's just different, right? That's because of the climate and the atmosphere. And so let's just look at some of these, these, these mountains. Media. What is the climate and the atmosphere in our media today? It's disgusting. It's fear-mongering. It is lies. It is manipulation. 
It is passing money from, from one to the next. It is leaking information before it's been uh, tried and tested and true to see if it's valid information. It's corrupt. And so they, they push fear. They push fear. The climate and, and atmosphere is fear, fear, fear. Somebody sits and, and, and soaks it all in and fear, 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 fear. And what do they do? They go tell everybody they come in contact with, fear, 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 fear. And see, every one of us has a bubble, right? A bubble of life. You have a space that you occupy. And you are in charge of the climate and the atmosphere of your space, of your bubble. And so if that person is, is soaking all that in, now, not only has that bubble been corrupted, now it goes and corrupts seven other bubbles. Are you seeing what I'm saying? See, I don't have a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind in Jesus' name. Do I experience fear? Yes. I get scared sometimes, but I don't have a spirit of fear. And so every mountain has a climate atmosphere. I'll just use that media one for, for an example. What, what does your family atmosphere and climate look like? I've learned this from Pastor Keith, and I just love him so much. He's not only just my pastor, he's my father-in-law, and he's a man of, of much wisdom. I remember he shared a story when he used to lay carpet. He was still working, laying carpet, a regular job, and, and pastoring full-time. You know, he'd be on his way home after he worked 12 hours, laying carpet all day, and, you know, you're pretty tired. And coming home, he would say, he made a confession, this is the, I'm about to, to go into the best part of my day. Because he, he, what was he seeing and recognizing? He saw that as the head. He has the ability to change the atmosphere and climate of his home, of his family. Now, you can choose. You can, bring, you can bring all that stuff that you dealt with at work home and vomit on your family when you get home and make the best part of your day worse. Or you can see clear ahead and say, you know what, this is about to be the best part of my day. I'm going to walk in joy, peace, and love, and righteousness. And when that happens, the atmosphere, the climate changes. And so as believers, when we, when we, when we choose that way to live, that's how we begin to recapture mountains, how begin to recapture enemy ground. Amen? And as believers, we have the power to set those things in motion. All you have to do is, is speak it. You know, it you, you know you have a thought, and you have to choose which thought, right? So as believers, we have the power to set those things in motion. Our faith, it really has to be infectious and courageous, <laughs> or infectious and contagious, your joy should be infectious and contagious to those you come in contact with. That's what has the ability to, to change uh, the world. Amen? <clears throat> Let's look at Romans 14, 17. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we have to do. Righteousness, peace, and joy to the leadership of the Holy Spirit is the only way uh, that we choose life and not death. The only way that we choose blessings and not curses. The only way that we choose his way instead of my sin, right? It's the only way we're going to recapture uh, these mountains as well. And so not only are we going to recapture uh, these mountains, we need to recapture the harvest and the crops uh, that come forth, right? Because what, what you sow is what you reap. And so if we're not living in righteousness, joy, and peace, uh, and led by the Holy Spirit, and we live uh, with, with doubt and hate and fear, uh, and jealousy, and we sow those things, that's what we, 
we reap. And that's why these mountains have become so corrupt. And so, so a lot of them are even evil uh, because it's just, it's just the, crop that they're, it's the, the crop that they're yielding is because of what they're sowing. Corruption and discord and lies and deceit. And so the only way we can change our harvest is by changing uh, the way that we live, right? Uh, it's the climate that determines what grows. The climate and the atmosphere that determines what kind of crops you have. And so if your family life is a wreck, what does your atmosphere, what does your climate look like? You have bad fruit because you're sowing bad seed. The best seed that there is is this, the Word of God, right? So if we sow the Word of God, we talked about the promise of God. You have to hold on to a promise. You can yield an amazing harvest of all sorts of things, amazing things uh, that can happen. And so we have to see and recognize that we all occupy a space. You have authority and influence over some kind of space, some kind of bubble. What can you do to change that atmosphere? It's kind of funny. I, when somebody <laughs> finds out I'm a pastor sometimes, I'll be spraying their house or first time I met them and we get to talking and uh, they find end up finding out that I'm a pastor. It's like they were cussing before. <laughs> And they stop. <laughs> or even when I'm around some of our church family, I don't, they let me talk water cooler talk about something. I don't know what to talk. I walk up and say, oh, what, what, what happened? What is that? Just because of who I, who I am, nothing that I've done, it, it changes the atmosphere. It's no different for you. You don't need a title to do that. You can command a, a climate and atmosphere by the way that you live. And you know what? If you don't like cussing, and other people know that about you, they'll do that in respect because of you, because they see you climbing. Amen? So that's what God calls us to do, and when we do that, we can change our harvest. That last point. So through prayer, uh, this is how, this is how uh, we're going to be able to do this. It's through prayer, worship, and the Word of God, we can change the climate, and we control the crops, the fruit, harvest, and increase. Uh, and create the culture of kingdom of God on every mountain. So this is how we change the culture, how we change the, the climate and atmosphere is through prayer, the word, and worship. And that's exactly uh, what we're going to get to do next week, what I'm excited about us doing as a, as a corporate church. And you know what? We're, we're going to be doing it in Arab too, so... Both campuses are going to be doing it at the same time, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, the, Lord, the Lord gave me this uh, as I was studying yesterday, and so the way that we change the climate on earth, would anybody agree that we need to change uh, the climate of what's going on in our nation, is that we need to be able to bring the climate of heaven to earth. That's the only way. How do we do that? Through prayer through the word, and through worship. Those are how we bring uh, heaven to earth, by doing those things. And that's what can happen when we do that. If we can change the climate through those things, through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, then we can control the crops. If you can, can change the climate and atmosphere of your life, then you can change the type of fruit that you have. 
because the fruit is conducive to the climate. So if we change the climate, we can control the crops and the harvest. And in doing that, then we get to recreate the culture of the kingdom of God. It's all linked together. It all comes together. And it's all based through our faith. We pray, we believe, we worship. God speaks. We hold on to his promises. And then we believe in and cultivate change, change the atmosphere of our lives, the climate of our lives. Then I get better fruit, better harvest in my life. And in doing so, I, I, I sow more and I get more and I sow more. And before I know it, I have a new atmosphere and climate of the kingdom of God working in my life. And it's a cycle of life. <laughs> you can be in a cycle of death if you want and feel frustrated. Or you can have a cycle of life. Amen. It's, it's really, uh, we need to change the atmosphere of earth by bringing heaven to earth. You know, you, know, you know there's no better climate or atmosphere than heaven, right? It's paradise. See, I like my house like 69. You might like your house like 75. In heaven, we're both going to have it made, and it's going to be like in between. It's, it's different, but it's the same. There's no better climate. See, because God is, he loves us. And so, it's the prayer, the worship, and the word. You got to write that down. Prayer, the worship, and the word is how I change my climate. I call it the trifecta of faith. The, the prayer, worship, and word. You need all three of them to work together in harmony for it to work in your life. And so if we change the climate, we can control the crops, and in doing so, we can change the culture of the kingdom of God. Let's look at James 5, 16, 18. 16 through 18. Uh, it says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other. So that you may be healed. Somebody say healed. healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Y'all, we can heal our land, heal our nation through prayer, through the word, through our words, through worship. We can change, not just the climate, we can, we can heal our land. We really can. And the second part of this, that scripture was to say, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power. So the righteous need to be praying. If you're here this morning, man, I am calling you righteous. You're doing something about your faith. You believe in, in, in God. And so you need to be praying and believing because you are righteous. And your righteous prayers have the ability to have great things. Happen, you know, we're gonna get to do that together next week. I'm excited. And and what happens when somebody prays? I want you to see this. Look at verse 17 and 18. It says Elisha, y'all remember Elijah? He did some pretty cool stuff. Was a uh, was a human just as we are. And yet, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Verse 18. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. Notice what happened when Elijah prayed. The atmosphere changed. He believed that it would change, and it changed. He called for no rain, and it didn't rain. Then when he called for rain, he changed the climate and the atmosphere for more life to happen. And so I just want to challenge you, man. If you, if you are, don't believe that your prayer can change anything, and your prayer is already dead. But if you believe that something can happen, if your prayer can bring about change, they will. And like I said, your prayers aren't alone. We're in it together. So starting today, I want us to declare, God, 
give us this mountain. Will you all join me in that? And give us this mountain. Because I believe that he can. And I believe if he doesn't, then our kids are going to have it worse than we ever thought, maybe. Uh, and it may not be in five years or ten years, but it could get bad. But I still believe. I still believe there's a promise. Amen. If you believe with me, what can't happen? Amen. Y'all want to join me in prayer? And I really want that to be our prayer uh, this morning. That as we leave, uh, that we would, we would, we would ask this uh, until we kick off this, this, this fast, that God give us this mountain. Not just this mountain, these mountains for your glory, for your kingdom, for your people, for the next generations. Uh, Deuteronomy, you said, I hope that you choose life and blessings and not curses. God, we choose life and blessings for my family and our nation and our city and communities. Oh, God, we want life and blessings in Jesus' name. God, so we, we believe it and we receive it, God. Oh, we ask it in Jesus' name. I want to ask you um, before we close as well, maybe you're here this morning and you've never uh, been born again. Uh, you've never gotten saved. That means you've, you've never just given God your life and said, God, I trust you. Uh, I want to begin to follow you and live for you. And what you've said today really touched me and I feel like something's different. Uh, and I want to be... I want to be different today. I want to accept him as my Lord and Savior. Uh, if, if that's you, or maybe you've, maybe you've made that decision, uh, but maybe you fell down, uh, and you want to, to have your relationship with God restored. So if you're either one of those two, you've never given God your life, or you haven't, you've, you fell down, right now is your moment. Everyone's praying. No one's looking at you. I want you just to stand up right now uh, where you're at, to stand up. If he's really speaking to you and saying something to you, don't let this moment pass you by. Uh, God can literally change and transform your life right now. <laughs> Today he can. I'm give you a few more seconds if that's you. If that's you. Amen. Well, let us pray and then we will be dismissed. So, Father God, Lord, we love you. Uh, we thank you, God. I'm excited for this series. Uh, and I'm excited for next week doing church a little different. First time we've ever done it this way at Liberty. And so I pray people would come with expectation, God, high hopes uh, and faith uh, like they haven't had in a long time. God, as we get ready to kick off a fast, I pray you would honor each and every fast. God, as we abstain, we, we, we abstain not to say, look at me or look how holy I am. We fast, God, for sacrifice. God, we, our sacrifice is nothing compared to what you sacrificed for us, Lord. We sacrifice because you sacrifice first. God, I know, I, I believe that, God, things, a shift can really happen, not just in our lives, but in our communities and in our nation. Lord, so we love you, God, and we thank you. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.